It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today, myself and Simon look back at another game from Birmingham under Wayne Rooney. After just two wins in 11, the Blues have gone from 6th to 17th. Is it too early to be concerned? Elsewhere in the Championship, is Michael Beale a good fit for Sunderland? We hear from the fans on that. Plus, from banter to abuse, should professional players rise above it? Or was it okay for Ollie Watkins to give it back to a fan? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. They were 6th Birmingham City when he arrived They're now 17th Six points clear of relegation He was asked post-match last night Straight after the defeat But he knows what it's like to face the media He was asked Are we beginning to move any closer To seeing what Wayne Rooney's Birmingham are about? A long way off So I think that's being honest A, a long way off But I think what the players have shown is um, We've adapted we're, we're playing in a different way More of a I want the players to play and, and be brave with the ball, um, but at the right times. Um, so we've adapted and I've adapted to, to the players I have here. So we want to keep moving forward as a club. We want to, recruitment is really important over the next 12 months um, in what we want to do. And ultimately, we want to be a team who dominates games. Um, and we're not at that level yet, we know that. Um, so we have to find a different way, um, but still stick to the principles which we have, um, which, which I've brought in. So he says, no, we're a long way off from seeing my idea of what Birmingham City should be about. Um, it, it, when They were six when he arrived, as I said. They're now 17th. Um, they've got two wins from 11. Yeah. Um, where do you go with it, Simon? Is it too early yet to say, Wayne, we're beginning to get concerned, or are they there already? Well, look, I mean, I think um, they made a decision. What's this, what should be slightly concerning is that in the, that Wayne Rooney says he's had to adapt to the players and ultimately the recruitment is important and of course recruitment is always important but that should be a, a smoke signal to the um, Birmingham board that there's going to be requests for quite I should imagine some significant investment if you didn't know what the playing was if you didn't if you were brought in to a club that was from what I understand obviously we, we had the headline news that they were sixth in the league and 
they were doing okay. But you talk to people that are Birmingham fans, certain Birmingham fans, that were saying it was hard, a hard watch with Eustace, it wasn't great football, and it was beginning to come off the boil. And so Rooney caught them at the time when they were moving from boiling to simmer. Um, playing 11 games, getting eight points is relegation form. You continue that, you get relegated. You, you extrapolate that over a season, you get 32 points, you finish bottom of the league, second to bottom. Do I think that will continue? Probably not. Do I think that we've seen anything vaguely resembling what Wayne Rooney might be as a manager? No, at, at no point. At no point. Mm. At no point during this debate about his management credentials, he went into Derby when everything was up in the air. And so often... People make a big deal about how difficult it's to manage in those environments. Sometimes it's much easier because you don't have any choices. You just have to knuckle down and get on with the fact... And you've got all the adversity against you and you've got all of the circumstances where you've got the built-in scenario where there's no pressure because people are expecting it to fall apart. You're in you're in free fall. Your club's yeah. in administration or in, in, in real big difficulties. Your owner's, you know, gone missing because he can't fund the football club anymore and you're having to get players out of the door. All of that provides a backdrop that you can actually galvanise. And he did that. They stayed up barely with Derby. He's gone to America. He's done nothing in America. And he started slowly at Birmingham. So I don't know what we can say. It almost feels like you have to be almost apologetic for being critical of Wayne Rooney, but there's nothing to criticise or praise. There's just nothing there. Mm. It's just Wayne Rooney. If it was any other manager without Wayne Rooney's name, yeah. you'd be looking at it and going, well, this is what is this? We know they're super ambitious at Birmingham City. We know that. Yeah. Tom Brady et al. But do you think we'll see him being allowed, being given the time is what I'm trying to ask you. To fulfil his potential at Birmingham City. Well, it depends what you think his potential is. I don't know. I mean, I, if, if, if you were at the top of the club, Simon, and, and you know what it's like to react at a time like this, hang about, hang about, I'm looking at it. The, Two well, wins from 11. Well, they've got now, deserve, where's this going? What, where would you mind be going this morning? Are you thinking of pressing a panic button? Well, it depends. Again, I, I, I wouldn't have made the Rooney appointment, so I can't put myself in those shoes. I don't look at it and say, i tell you what I needed to do. I was sixth in the league. I need to go and get someone that wins one game in four in the American League that's what I need to do um, and finish mid-table lower to mid-table in the American League and I need to go get him because he's going to be the solution now I would need to I've understood that decision making process what is in that decision making process What is? what was it about the guy that wins one game in four with a 27% win record that made me want to talk to him at the at the front of the queue will be Wayne Rooney the name now maybe these guys came across one another because it's an American ownership model to some extent came across one another in America and they saw something that really impressed them about Wayne yeah. and then when they when they sat down and talked with him and he gave them this wonderful speech about what the vision should be for Birmingham City and how he's going to be able to deliver it if I bought into that and I'm seeing the change, and Wayne's talking about the need for a change and, and adapting, and the change is coming. Well, you're in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, but when it comes to recruitment, his recommendations might be significant. Well, again, if they can get again I'm assuming that you would have had those conversations on the way in. Right. I'm assuming that if you wanted to autograph Hunt and bring somebody in like Wayne Rooney then I would imagine that the conversation must have been had yeah. that here's the playing squad, here's where we are, here's what we look like, here's our start, how we're currently playing, here's our current budgets, what do you think and what will you need? And just to be absolutely sure, in everybody's mind, you've got no agenda against Wayne. I've got an agenda against people getting jobs that don't merit it. I absolutely have an agenda against that. 
I don't like it. I think people should earn the right to have a job. But I also think people should be given an opportunity. And if this is an opportunity for Wayne Rooney, after 11 games, it's an opportunity he's currently not taking. He was. Fu- he, I think anybody in their right mind would say, even if they had an agenda, that he was fortunate to get this job. So if you're fortunate to get this job, it's really incumbent upon you not to deliver 0.7 points a game. Okay. Because then, if you get if you continue with that vein of form, you're going to get relegated, and who wants who wants that? The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We've been talking about Birmingham City uh, not going too well under Wayne Rooney. Two wins from eleven since Wayne took over. And remember, there were six when he arrived. They're now seventeenth. And Sunderland. Tony Mowbray has gone. Michael Beale is in. We asked for calls. We're getting calls. Not everybody's out doing the Christmas shopping. That's for sure. Andy, a big Birmingham City fan. Good morning. You getting concerned, Andy? Guys, how are you doing? Good morning. Yeah, we're good, thank you. Where, where's your head with your club then? Um, I'm, I am conflicted in, in a lot of ways um, because I've, I've, I've seen every home game this season. And, you know, I think as, as Birmingham fans for the last 10 years, you know, we've had a really tough time off the pitch. And finally, you know, we get some good owners that seem to be doing the right things, saying the right things. We've got a manager, well, we had a manager in Eustace that, you know, brought some stability and, and had a team that was competitive on the pitch. And so we thought things were going well. And then obviously this, you know, this new appointment comes in and, you know, it, it has conflicted a lot of fans. But I've got to say, you know, I can see the changes that, that he's trying to do. And if you look at some clubs that, that have gone up into the Premier League, the likes of Brighton, Swansea, Southampton, when they did it, you know, they went up there with a, with a really good, strong philosophy, playing mm. good football. And, and competing in the Premier League and, and I think that's where we want to go and you know the, our two best performances this season have been against Ipswich and against Leicester um, and those performances have been where we've, we've been trying to play a completely different brand of football and we've, we've competed in the game where we haven't done well is in the other nine games where um, we've almost um, uh, treated philosophy over points and that's the bit that I'm, I'm personally annoyed with is where you know, in some of those games, in those nine games, you know, you can see that the game's there for the taking, but we're trying to, you know, play out from the back when we don't need to. You know, we can just attack this team and we don't need to sort of, you know, play this patient possession football. So there's a time and a place where you need to play that philosophy. And the other thing is, is that the timing of the appointment was just slightly annoying because, you know, if you're going to try and change philosophy mid-season without a pre-season, you, you know, you, you, the players aren't going to adapt to that straight away. Um, right, right, sure. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, the appointment, if he came, if it, well, even if the appointment was the same time, but but there was a, an acceptance that, right, we're just going to have to get through this period and get some players in in January and then slowly change it. Okay, so you're concerned, Andy, but it's not a crisis yet? I don't think so. I think, you know, if you're, if you're watching the highlights or if you're seeing the scores come through, you're going to go, well, that's, that's, that's been a disaster. Sure, and yeah. Yeah, I suppose it has. But to, to the, if, you, if you were to speak to most Birmingham fans, they'll be concerned, but they'll, they'll, see, they'll see the positive uh, signs of what, the, you know, the, the transformation is going to be like. And next season is, is an acceptance for most fans now to say, right, OK, forget playoffs, it's not going to happen. But next season, I think we, we've got a team where we can look at the likes of Leicester, how Leicester played last okay. night, and go, All right. that could be us next season. Andy, listen, thanks for that. Thanks for the points you made. John, you're a Birmingham fan. Do you see the positive signs that Andy sees? In a way, but they should never have appointed these guys on £30,000 a week. £1.5 million a year. £5 million contract. Got John O'Shea and Ashley Cole, probably on big money as well. 
And the guy has, he's got no CV to talk about. He was, they couldn't wait to see the back of him in, in America, DC. And they appoint some, they could have appointed anybody on £30,000 a week. The average wage of a manager in the championship is £15,000 a week. He's on, double the, he's on double the average wage and he's got no CV. It's insane. It's totally insane. But did you not I think, John, that it. as it's Rooney and he's got such vast experience in the game, then this can only be good? You, you, you must have thought when he arrived, yeah, yeah, this is going to be, this will be interesting. This should be fine. Well, what about Zola? He has fast experience in the game. He was a disaster. You're kidding me, Art. He's just a name. He's not, he, hasn't, he hasn't proven himself. Simon was right. He hasn't proven himself. He should never have been appointed. But look, saying that, Leicester, in my opinion, Leicester were great last night, but they were lucky. They should have had two players sent off. They should have ended up with nine men. The referee mm. bowled it. He, he bottled it. He, he yellow carded uh, MVD, whatever his name is, right. and then yeah, and then he got him for diving. He awarded the free kick. Never yellow carded him again. He should have gone off. But anyway, that's that's by the by. But on uh, Rooney anyway. and Birmingham, will things change for the better, John? I don't. I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see. Simon right. He's okay playing against top sides and going at it, but it's the average side and the teams at the bottom. We'll have. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's. It, it, look, they should have appointed. If they wanted to get rid of Eustace, they should have waited until the end of December. I mean, Rooney knew the players that he had. Yeah, he knew he couldn't change. It. You agree with that, Simon? The timing, the timing comes the into it. I think the Absolutely. timing. I think he should the, have waited. Here's Simon John. I think the timing directly relates to the end of the season in the MLS. I think his availability comes up in the MLS in October, and lo and behold, that's when he goes from, game. from DC United to um, to Birmingham. I think it's, and as I call a saying, and as I've said, it's very easy to play against the top sides that are playing open, expansive football that give you an opportunity to play because they think they can hurt you. Yeah. So when you're playing against Ipswich and Leicester that are playing a brand of football which is expansive on the front foot and make the pitch big, they'll give Birmingham a chance to play. When you're playing against Middlesbrough and Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday and teams like that, those are the ugly games that Birmingham's philosophy, the philosophy that a manager should have is win football games. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 
from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We're talking the championship right now. Um, we've established the fact, or they've established the fact, that Leicester and Ipswich are in very good form. And at this stage in the proceedings, are powering towards the Premier League. But what can you say, Simon, about Sunderland? A sleeping giant, certainly. Um, a, a football club with an enormous following, but a club who chose in recent days to part company with their manager, Tony Mowbray. And after, presumably, an extensive interview process, they brought in the former assistant to Stephen Gerrard at Rangers and Villa, the former manager of Queen's Park Rangers, the former former manager of Rangers in Glasgow, Michael Beale. The big question is this, is he a step forward on Tony Mowbray? This was Beale speaking to the Sunderland Club channel. It's a really proud moment for me and my family to, to be joining the club. It's a huge club uh, that's not lost on me and and there's a big excitement to get started with the staff and, and the players as well. Five of the last six years I've spent up in Rangers in, in Scotland, which is a big club in between a bit of time with Aston Villa and QPR. So I feel like I've seen a lot of things in football. I'm under no illusions of the size of this club and how passionate the fan base are and how how much that their push behind this team is, is what makes this club what it is. And I'm hoping to bring in some ideas and, and combine it with the good work. The, the biggest thing for me with this club in this moment in time is the vision from Carell through to Christian into myself. And I'm really aligned with that. I feel that this is a, a fantastic moment for me to be joining the club. Um, you've been a bit hot and cold on, on Michael Beale. Because what we know is this, after working with Gerard, and Gerard disappears off to Saudi Arabia, that's fine. But before that, Beale got his shot as a manager, as a head coach in his own right at Queen's Park Rangers. And then it was widely reported that, that uh, Wolves came calling and he said, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. I've got a job to do here. Then, of course, it's widely reported Ah, no longer just Wolves, it's Rangers who are in. That is for me. I'm out of there. Mm. And that that's what triggered your, you, you, you having a bit of an onslaught yeah, verbally I, on I Michael also, I also think he's a bit of a bluffer. Uh, I think he's one of those that talks a certain talk. He's now talking about the nature of the relationship with the management at Sunderland because one of the reasons why Mowbray was out the door is because he opened his mouth about transfers. He talked about needing transfer spend and that created a negative reaction from the owner of Sunderland because that wasn't on the, the agenda about the necessity to have more players. Um, and so the clear vision from the ownership, I, the most important thing for me was to have the clear vision from the ownership and I have that and I'm, I'm aligned with the ownership. That was the, the dynamic that, the, that Bill just said there. Look, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I want young managers to be successful. Like we've just discussed, we want number twos coming out from underneath the umbrella of those that have got the top job and, and expanding the portfolio of managers we've got in this country. He started very well at Queen's Park Rangers. I don't like the manner in which he left Queen's Park Rangers because they gave him an opportunity. They took a punt. No one was running around saying, oh, that number two that used to work for Gerard, um, um, that no one's really much heard of as a manager, will give him a punt. QPR did. And they supported him and their reward for that was when they were going well he got his head turned. That's what makes your blood boil, isn't well, it, as well, a former it, owner? Because you still feel Ian Dowie did you in that one. Well, it's not about Ian Dowie. It's about the way that you should operate and the way that owners should operate. Owners should show loyalty and so should managers. And the only reason an owner doesn't show loyalty is when a manager's gone the wrong way. Now, if you get a manager in, like like Palace did um, with um, um, the Dutch fellow, 
Um, Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer, who's, who I accused his brother of being the manager of Palace when we were in Qatar. I right? remember that. Um, and gave him four, four games. Yeah. I think there's something fundamentally wrong about the reasons why you interviewed him and employed him in the first place and the pup that you sold him because everything was wrong. And I think that's on the owner as much as it is on the manager. And they probably made the right decision because they got out of jail. But the point is, is that it's a two-way transaction. I've always believed in loyalty and I believe that you give managers... <coughs> period of time to be able to arrest any slumps and you don't just knee jerk into the situation but I also dislike because I, I can hear the argument being said but the moment I go off about someone like Beal or Marco Silva when they get given an opportunity they get the opportunity given to them they, they get supported and then that opportunity presents other people looking at them and rather than going no 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 I'm with these guys this is how it works. These guys gave me the ones. I got a bit of loyalty. They're out the door. Now, I can hear people saying, well, that's what owners do, but it's not true. Owners don't do that. What owners do is they try and go as long as they possibly can, and then they pay the bugger for failing because he goes out the door. The last thing an owner wants to do is fire a manager because he's got to, he's got to pay him to go because one of the great things about football management is you get paid for failure. But that's you, your chance to take it as an owner, isn't it? So I'm talking about... That's the contract, I'm, I'm you talk, agree. I'm talk, yeah, absolutely. But I'm talking about the contrast mm. in the loyalty demanded from a manager by an owner and then the accusation that when an owner fires a manager, where's his loyalty? It's a much bigger decision. It's a much bigger decision when a, when an owner fires a manager because he's got to A, compensate him for it, and B, find somewhere else. Whereas when a manager does five minutes of his work, gets gets a, a, a look at him because other people all of a sudden admire the work that he's doing and the opportunity he's been given, and then he buggers off. That's why my objection to that. I think that's the wrong thing to do. If you've earned your stripes, if you've been somewhere for two or three years and you've really pulled up trees yeah. and a bigger opportunity comes yeah. along, yeah, it's disappointing, but you don't get the same vitriol and disdain from people like me when that happens. So what does Bill need to do to impress you? Knuckle down and well, win four think, in the trot or something? I, I, don't think he, I don't think he'll be particularly bothered where he needs to impress me. He's got a great opportunity. Sunderland are seventh in the league. It got to him a bit. He, he used to message me when you were digging him out. Well, I, I w that's up to him. He, you know, background noise. It's, he, he should be focused on what he's doing. Hence the reasons why you know he didn't do particularly well at Rangers because perhaps he wasn't focused enough or perhaps he isn't good enough. Mm. But we've seen that in this division he can get a side together at Queens Park Rangers. Actually, on Rangers in Glasgow, he says there was a lot of change with people leaving, and I got pulled in different places. Oh, shut up. Shut up and get on with your job. It's not. It's about your failings. It's not about change. It's about those that can overcome can overcome. Every if a job is bleeding easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm. The reason why you got the Rangers job is because you were perceived to be capable. Rangers was a big job. It was a big opportunity. You made a fool of yourself up there. You weren't very good at it. Another guy's come in. Look at what he's doing with the place. Look what the other guy's doing with the place. Is that a step up in Mowbray? No, not really. It's a different feel, isn't it? It's a younger manager. That, that that speaks the speak that might well be relatable to people that when they interview them, they like. Yeah. And, 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 and played the game with the media. Everybody in the media went, oh, that's refreshing. Last year when he came out and said, I'm not going to Wolves. When you probably dig beneath that, there's probably a lot of reasons why he didn't go to Wolves m m rather than just, I'm with Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. Because when a better opportunity came along, he went to, to Rangers in his perception. Um, I don't think he's a step up or a step down. I think he's a different feel. They obviously think that the Mowbray relationship would run its course. Sunderland were, are in the mix. We're in the mix with Tony Mowbray. Is, is Tony Mowbray one of those managers that I alight upon thinking, oh, if I had a team, I must have Tony Mowbray in, in my dugout? No, but wherever he's gone, Tony Mow Mowbray, majority of the time, has done a sure. respectable job. Maybe you can argue about some of the times at Middlesbrough, and maybe you can look at some of his times in other football clubs, but he's a respectable pair of hands. They're close, Sunderland, aren't they? You're on the cusp of the top six. Sunderland ain't, ain't expected to get in the top two, so a playoff berth 
would have been a is a good outcome for Sunderland. Right. And they're right on the cusp of that. So right. Beale is lucky to get this job because it's a job with an opportunity. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Michael Beale hopes to win uh, football games from the get-go. Uh, after being appointed at Sunderland yesterday, John's a big Sunderland fan. John, good morning. Is is he a step forward on Mowbray? What do you think? Uh, morning, lads. Pleasure speaking to you anyway. Well, oh, I mean, you, John. Ever, ever, I've, we've had some bad managers over Sunderland's times, and I mean, God, if you feel sorry for Newcastle, well, you should you should feel a million times sorry for Sunderland fans. So, so I get that in anyway. I mean, we're massively underwhelmed by this guy. I mean, everybody's got negative things to say about him. And the only worry is that these these guys behind the scenes are just going for managers that are free. They've not been connected to any club. As soon as, I mean, it was big talk here that wanted Will Stig still, or whatever he's called, and he was going to cost a little bit of compensation money. Oh, no, we're not doing that. And then this guy suddenly came from nowhere. And, and the concern is three last managers have all been free, unemployed. Mm. Normally, not always the case. Normally, if you're a good manager, you're not normally unemployed, are you? Not normally. But John, obviously, you'll be prepared to give him time, no? Of course we are. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, there's, there's just, I mean, we've got we get forty thousand every one game. You know, the Southern fans desperately deserve a lot better than what we've had. But I mean, we're Moby, yeah, results weren't great. Don't get me wrong. But I tell you what, we played some of the best football we've seen at Sun for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I think what Mowbray's problem was, he asked for a striker, a proven striker. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And as soon as he said, come on, we're on the crest of something here, and we were, mind. What a goal scorer. We pretty much would be up there with the top two. I mean, we tortured Ipswich on the first game. I mean, they broke away twice. Well, I saw you at Millwall, and there was plenty of fight in the team, John. John, thanks for that. Here's Jack, a big Sunderland fan. Do you agree with John then, Jack? Yeah, 100%. I think he's bang on. Uh, I think the only thing was, when Mowbray got let go, I was kind of unsure about it. I thought, um, the fact that we weren't given a striker, for starters, like, we've been given, we've got four strikers that couldn't hit a barn door. It's just, it's no use. I think um, we have to look to go out in January and get a proven striker, but that's the reason Mowbray's been given his, given his walkway, so... I think with Beal as well. I'm a, also I'm a Rangers fan as well, so I've, I've seen what uh, Beal's kind of done when he was at when he was at Rangers, and just doesn't fill me with much hope, to be quite honest. Okay, Jack, a bit pessimistic going into the turn of the year. The fact of the matter is, Simon Beal's in there, and he could prove everybody wrong uh, from from the off. Possibly. I mean, I, I watched Sunderland from afar. I was very surprised that Jack Ross didn't go up there and create the impact that I thought he might have done. Yeah. Because, obviously, he'd done well up in Scotland. I knew the owner of the football club that he'd managed in terms of St Mirren, and I thought that he'd go and do a decent job at Sunderland. He did a decent job, but he missed out on the playoffs, didn't he? But I, I'm not quite sure what the issue with... And I know that when I listened to Tony Mowbray speak, I thought, hmm... You might find yourself in trouble here with the observations that you've just made. They weren't that bad, but they were clearly not in keeping with what his discussions might have been with the owner. Um, now, they're seventh in the league. I mean, Sunderland, I don't think are breaking... If they're complaining, if the fans are suggesting they won't pay compensation, that's part of their shtick, then they're not buying players. Yeah. If they're not buying players, then they're doing not bad for being seventh in the league. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I look at it and say, Sunderland, yes, they've got a great stadium. Yes, they've got a good support. Yes, they've got a good history in terms of people saying it's a hotbed of football. 
Um, they, they haven't won much. I mean, they won the FA Cup in 1973, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 you look at that and say, well, that's great. Was there was more than your bloody Palace have done? Yes, fair enough, absolutely. But I look at it and say, well, look, I think Sunderland are doing all right. Yeah. And and if you look at the managers they've employed in recent times, I know that they're talking about that they only seem to get managers for free. Well, Alex Neil had a decent set of credentials. He took Norwich and got them promoted, didn't he? Okay, he consequently got them relegated as well, but he got them promoted. Phil Parkinson's okay. He's done decent jobs. Lee Johnson has done decent jobs at times. So they've made decisions on managers that seem to have had rhyme and reason, but they don't stay with them for very long. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We're talking about this uh, situation with uh, Aston Villa's Ollie Watkins, once of Brentford, now of Aston Villa, and uh, Ollie getting what proved to be the winner against uh, Brentford at the weekend and gave it back, uh, standing in the goal mouth uh, where he'd scored the goal, gave it back to a fan who'd been verbally abusive to Ollie throughout the match. Um, and I think you and I, without really knowing it, are coming from the same page here. We're, we're singing from the same hymn sheet, are we not, Simon? I think, why, why not? Ollie, you know, Ollie's. Totally fed up with what the guy's been screaming either, at him. E- either or, is I, it Aston Villa you're more annoyed at I, for making a statement on it? I, I'm not annoyed. I just think it's unnecessary. I think it's reflective of a sort of lightweight society. Is it nice people shouting abuse? Who is the arbitrator? What's abuse then? So when someone shouts, "You're bloody useless," mm. right, and says it during the course of the game, does that constitute abuse in certain people's minds? And does it move into the territory of who is the arbitrator of the abuse police? I maintain. So there's a fine line Aston between banter and abuse. Or a bunch of Begins with F, it's got a double N in the middle of it, and IES on the end. Naughty, very naughty. Chris Did you dump that one, Luke? Big Chris Ewolumo, a big fan of ours, and uh, we're a fan of his. He's a good guy. Are players not allowed to give a bit back now and again? Come on. I think the, they are. The game is truly gone if, if they this want is to. an issue. If they want to. Yeah. Really enjoy your show as always. Uh, Josh, big Evertonian, he wants to join the debate. Josh, where do you stand in this? Was Ollie right to give a bit back? I think he was, um, but, but at the end of the day, we don't know what players have to put up with on the field of play, do we? Yeah, first of all, morning, Jim. Morning, Simon. Morning. Morning, Josh. Uh, the, the angle that I'm coming from on this is basically like, like the young families that are going to games. Uh, they're taking the kids there to probably like, inspire them to either play the game or stick with the team that they're going to watch, for example, Brentford. Uh, and you could be sat two rows behind that fella. We don't, we don't know what, what was said. It was probably something to do with his family or something personal towards Ollie. Uh, that, that shouldn't be going on in, in football stadiums, but... As Simon said, it's part of this football culture, and it, it needs eradicating because, like, you fast forward ten, twenty years, like, like the money that it costs to go to these games as well, and, and like, like you're taking your family in good faith that you're going to see a good football match, which is the primary objective. That's what you're paying for. Like you're paying for yeah, the privilege yeah. of watching these athletes. So it's so really like, like always, always scored is the perfect response to it. Whether he needs to go that extra mile and say something back, I don't know. But like, like the perfect response is just score the goal, isn't it? Absolutely. And, I agree with you. Do do you think Villa were right, Josh, putting a a short statement on it as well that finished zero tolerance to abuse in football? Oh, listen, I don't really really want to go down that route. I just think Villa Villa are sort of dealing with with, with it how they want to deal with it. But the wider point that I'm making is family family football environments now being intoxicated with this culture of let's just give him a load of abuse because we've got an entitlement we've paid 40 quid or whatever for a ticket that gives us the right to abuse someone no it doesn't it gives you the right to watch the bloody game and that's it Josh good call thank you for that Uh, Luca's a Liverpool fan Luca what do you you make of this situation that evolved at uh, the Brentford Stadium 
Hi guys, uh, great show as always. Um, I just wanted okay. to say that I completely agree with with Sam and here. We're uh, we're living in a world now where you know there, it does seem to be no resilience whatsoever. I think we've just had a situation over the weekend with um, in the UFC with Leon Edwards. You know, comments were made about his his, his uh, you know his, his dead father, and you know that the president of the UFC Dana White said, "No, I didn't like it, but this is the fight business, and you just got to deal with it." and I feel that's the way we need to be going more with football. Not not so much to the point, but just, you know, abuse does happen. That's life. That is life. You're not going to meet everyone. Everyone isn't always going to be nice to you, and mm. you need to deal with it, and that's what's happened. Yeah, Aston but look, if, if somebody's screaming about Watkins' family, which was maybe the case, you think he should, should just take it in the chin and go on with it? Well, yeah, he scored a goal. He's, he's got the out, the... out that situation, He's he's won that situation, hasn't he? He's scored a goal. His, his team's won. That guy's got in the net. Like Simon said, that get that fan who's been making all think all the all the noises. He's, he's going to be ridiculed by all his mates. And you know, Ollie Watkins has absolutely done you here, hasn't he? You know, he's he's got to go face everyone else. He decided to engage in that, and he he's going to have the the mm. you know the comeuppance mm. and you know the, and the consequences of that. This is just it's this is life. It's what happens in the workplace. It was what happens. In every single day of life, you know, and we've just got to, got to get used. Well, okay, to Luca. It, well, it, you're right. It is what happens, but should it happen? Adam's a Tottenham fan. What do you think, Adam? I, I kind of agree completely with Simon. I mean, we're living in a world where we're trying to uh, make everything medical, everything clean as everything can be. No competition anywhere, and everyone's got to be nice about everything. And it's just over the top. People have got to learn to grow up a bit, really. Just to give you some perspective on that, we're saying, oh, should he have to put up with it? Should he have to do this? He walked into the world of professional football and knew what was coming. Police officers, as it were, uh, there's case law in place that says that they have to take more abuse than the average person because of the job they do before they can do anything about it. There's case law on that. You know that getting into that job. These people are getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week and can't tolerate someone saying something. Like, like you say, sticks and stones. Oh, well, someone called me a funny name. Who cares? You know? He, he, like you said, he shut him up straight away by scoring the gold against him. He did, but, I mean, does that really suggest that we should condone it or just turn a blind eye to it? I mean, Watkins decided to make something of it. He doesn't think he was wrong, but you do. No, I, I don't think there's a great... I mean, yes... Everyone should be nicer to each other, but at the end of the day, do we really need to be making it like uh, Simon was saying? Aston Villa have gone ahead and made a complaint. It's a bit pathetic. I mean, it's, it's, growing this, um, it's growing this society of everyone's got a right to complain about everything. When, when we hear no, what the guy was shouting, Adam, that Villa might end up being totally justified. But the thing is, I mean, he's, he, I've had people shout horrible stuff at me. Did I lose any sleep over it? No. Did I have better things to do with my day? Yes. Um, do, do I really care about people that I've never met before, never likely to meet again, what their opinions are of me? No. I've got more important things in my life than worrying fair about enough. what some idiot's fair got enough. to say about me. Fair enough. You, you, fair enough. You just power through it.
And I think you'd be in agreement with Adam. Yeah. I mean, look, we talk about the abuse inside football stadiums and the fact that kids are going to the grounds. Absolutely right. I get that. That's why you have family enclosures. That's why you have environments specifically, specifically for families to... And if you see people in those parts of the stadium, as I used to recall back in Palace, we had family enclosures. If I saw people in there being abusive, they'd be hoiked out if they were being a little bit over the top. When you talk about atmosphere, let's not, let's, let's not muck about. The atmosphere of football stadiums tends to thrive on hostility. It's not goodwill, it's not, it's not normally jovial, it's normally high energy created by an element of toxicity, an element of abuse. Everything from the way that we analyse games is critical, is about blame culture, is about blame attribution. That's right, but it's not abusive. But when we, who is the definer of abuse? Who's the arbitrator of abuse? Who determines what's acceptable for one person and unacceptable for another? So are we going to move into the territory where someone along the line says, you can no longer, because you paid your money, you can no longer shout out someone's bloody useless? Because that person doesn't like it Do you and think it that's offends their Ollie, mental well-being. You think the fellow was showing at Ollie Watkins, you're bloody useless, you... Do you think that's what no, he was showing No, I don't think he was. I think he probably was shouting something... I think it was something. a bit worse than I that. I think he was probably shouting something that was insulting. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and ultimately... And Ollie called him out. And, 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 which and, you probably would have done. And Ollie, and do you know what? Fair play to Ollie, but I've got no problem with that. If that's, I've got a problem with Aston Villa making a dog and pony show out of it. <laughs> They're backing the player. They don't need to back the player. The player's backed himself. The player's gone and done what he wanted to do. This is silly. Mm. It's silly. You know, the, some of these clubs do silly things that they don't need to do. It's silly. Until you we know, find out what was shouted. It, you know, it may was, not be that was, silly. What was I reading something about Kurt Zuma the other day? The old cat kicker. Something's happened to him and the club paid... A dog's gone missing or something. The club paid £25,000 reward for it. I'm like, the guy's on 150 grand a week. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> Do they really need to have their backsides wiped this much? Is this how you build culture in society? Is this how you build character? Come on. Get over it. Is it nice? Is it ideal? No. Is it the real world? Real world. Prepare yourself for the eventuality of the difficulties in the real world. Because when these kids walk out of this little football world, like Suna said yesterday, and they get grown up and they come outside and they get in a big world world, where people aren't pleasant to you, people don't give you what you want, no, no one bows and scrapes and tugs their forelock because you kick a bloody football. They judge you by what you do in the Must real be world. frightening to get a bedtime story read by you. <laughs> Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.